For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. He scores! This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. How are you, St. Louis? How's everybody going? How are you guys doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a beautiful day out. The rain stopped, so I'm happy about that. This weekend's supposed to be, like, ridiculous. Tomorrow, in like, a good 80. way or bad way? Oh, he, oh in, a good in a good way? way. I think tomorrow's, like, 80. Oh. I think Saturday's 85 and sunny. Get my air conditioner fixed, too. You have to get it fixed? Well, I don't know. I'm living in a rental right now, and it's got the two air conditioners, one for the main floor, one for the top floor. The top floor doesn't seem to be working. So oh, boy. I was going to notify the... Proper whatever, authorities. Proper authorities. <laughs> the proper AC authorities. Can't seem to get around to it. Yeah. yeah. You know what? One of my life goals one time, which I've since you know let go by the wayside, I've stopped wishing for this, is to own a home that had to have two air conditioning units. No kidding, yeah, man. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, the uh, the nice. Fandango compound only needs yeah, one. Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> Trust me, guys. It's not lifestyles. Of <laughs> but you, I'll tell you what. I can, I can, I can fight through a lot of things as a grown up. But man, when it's hot in the house, I have no tolerance for anything at all whatsoever. Like, like oh, I can't stand it. I'm paying the damn bill. We're gonna. It's going to be Antarctica in this mother. Like, that that sort of thing. You better be able to hang your jackets on these nipples. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yes. I've seen them, and you can. That's right. My father-in-law was that guy that not only did he not turn his AC, you know, he was that generation that he's not going to turn his AC on until, like, August or mm-hmm. something like that. But he's also that guy that put a cover over his his AC unit every fall or when, it, when he turned it off for the year, he put a cover over the top of it. He'd be that guy that takes the cover off, even though he had a cover on it all winter. He sprays it all down and cleans it and everything to use it for about three weeks out of the damn year. It's what's so crazy. You go to his house is a good diet plan. Dude, I go to my parents' house. All right, God bless Don and Deb. Amazing human beings. Amazing. Seventy-eight degrees is what they put the AC my. on. I don't even understand it. My kids love their grandparents. They do not love going over there in the summer because they don't sleep well over there because they're freaking sweating. Like, yeah, I can't do it. I can't do no it. No way. Like I'll even like, even in the summertime when the AC's running pretty solid because we're you know we're pushing the one fifteen one twenty yeah. heat index all that stuff. I'll have a fan going in the room too. Same. Like I I have to be able to sleep under covers to have a good sleep. There's nothing better than looking at the sliding glass door or the window or something. A little just a little bit of a little bit of fog on there because it's so damn cold. In oh that man, that's Love just it. good sleeping weathers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so gentlemen, uh, when it comes to our St. Louis Blues. They lost on Tuesday night, so I guess the season's over. Right? That's it. I mean, we're it's over. With, it's we're done. done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so it wasn't like the Blues played a bad game necessarily. It just feels like, you know, man, I mean, they, they didn't play 60 full minutes, and Boston is good enough that it kind of cost them sort of it thing. It was the but, Blues of a couple of years ago when the uh, the second period was their Achilles heel. Right, which they know? had totally gotten away a, from. played a very good third period. Yeah. 
for whatever reason, they had strung together so many good games in a row and battled. And even though here we are nitpicking a game, they still got a point. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, like, how spoiled are we right now that the Blues are playing such good hockey that we're sitting there going, well, one period and we only got one point. What the heck is going on around here? Let's just relax a little bit here. Yeah. But to your point, Jeff. The second period, they they know it. It yeah. wasn't their strongest period, and they have they're a league leading goal differential team in the NHL, like plus forty six goals or something like that. Where the closest one to them is like plus twenty five. Wow! Like it's it's in, incredible what they've done in second. And period. we were talking earlier about how you knew they were going to lose a game eventually, and you keep betting on them to win, like a Tom Brady until he you know till he screws you over that sort of thing. So yeah, they lose the game, they get the point. My question to you is. Uh, being the old school NHL guy, do you believe in peaking too early? Because my my thought was, oh my gosh, it's okay to lose a game because they may be peaking too early. Uh, or is that silly? No, I mean, look, it's not silly. Uh, I do think that there is a certain, you know, threshold to where when you've got the gas pushed the whole time, something's got to give at some point. So I've been talking about this for a couple of days now. At what point does Craig Bruby start to? you know, take down some of the ice time for some of these guys because you are as great as it is to have that depth for scoring offensively, which it is. It's fantastic. I'm sure we'll get into some of that stuff here in a little bit. But the depth in your roster is essential to saving some of the legs for the playoffs to where if you can't rest a guy by sitting him in the press box, you can rest a guy like Ryan O'Reilly. Let's just use him as an example. He's like usually 19 to 21 minutes a game. Take him down to like 14 minutes. And then somebody else, you know, take two or three minutes off of their ice time headed down the stretch here. It'll keep them more fresh. And that way there doesn't feel like you have the gas pinned the whole time and that you're just going to fizzle out. So, but how do you, and that was actually going to be one of my questions today, man, because like, how do you balance the need to still grab points? I mean, you, you're, you know, you're still probably going for that you, two though? spot. Do you? Well, like, so that's the biggest question okay. that people have been asking me. Home ice, home ice, home ice. The Blues have been fantastic on home ice this year. There's no doubt about it. But when I was on the road with the team, I talked to a couple of veteran guys and talking about the playoff race and the home ice advantage. And more than one guy said, I'd almost rather start on the road. And I was like, okay. And they're like, no, well, hear me out. And those guys, of course, were veteran guys with wives and children and family members and friends and people all over St. Louis. And that was the, the argument was that's the point we'd rather start on the road where we're isolated Mm -hmm. we're in a hotel it's go time was just us the team the coaches we have our meeting room we have our video room we have our treatment room with the trainers we have the game room the lounge for the guys to play video games ping pong table whatever but we are dialed in for playoff hockey no disrespect to any of the families and the people here in st louis and the guys that have wives and kids and all that other stuff but for lack of better words those are distractions Imagine getting ready for a playoff game, game one, playing the Minnesota Wild, and you get home from pregame skate, and, oh, little Johnny threw up in the foyer, and you got to get over there. Oh, and the dog needs to go out, and, oh, my goodness. Oh, and and Cousin Fred just called and is bringing Aunt Stacy and Cousin Kim, and we need two more tickets to the game tonight. And that bitch Kim is not a hockey fan. (laughs) And can you get me a parking pass, too? It's like, wait, what? Wait, right. Like, I'd like to be able to play against the Minnesota Wild tonight. And a lot of guys do set boundaries but those boundaries don't work, guys. I can tell you right now. He's like, no, I'm not answering any phone calls. They'll go to your wife. They'll go to your brother. They'll go like, and everything finds its way back. So the distractions are real. And so the the point of your earlier question, oh, you got a lot to play for left. 
you do because you want to play well, but you know you're playing the Minnesota Wild no matter what now. Is home ice that big of a deal? I'm sure Tom Stillman would be like, shut up, Jamie. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> if it goes to a game seven, I sure would like that gate. I understand that, Tom, but you sure would like the second round and the third round, too. Right. So so essentially then, it, well, I guess the bigger question that I have is, dude, why doesn't, why is home ice advantage not as important anymore? Because it's something I remember talking about with John Kelly last year, where it's just not as big of a deal as it used to be. The Blues going on the road to open the first series, that doesn't scare me in the slightest. I, I, I kind of feel the same way that I would if they were opening here. So what's been the shift, man? Well, I think the arenas have a lot to do with it and the um, the care of the players. Like, you used to go on the road, stay at a nice hotel, there's no doubt. But there was no, like, nowadays the team gets a whole, like, floor. And they have, the tra- like I just said, the training room, the massage room, they have a video room, the coaches' meetings. Like, it is, like, set up. Then you get to the rink, and you have a gorgeous locker room with a hot tub, cold tub, training facility. It's literally like you're playing at home. Mm-hmm. Where in the old days, you went to the visiting rink and... You got the smallest room in the building. The heat would be blaring at like 112 degrees just to wear you out. You're sweating. You're uncomfortable. You're not, you know. And then all of a sudden, oh, the the skate sharpener would go on the fritz or the coffee machine didn't work. Like people would mess with you and things would break. And it's just not like that. Did the league crack down on that or something? Or did people just stop being douchey to each other or what? A bit of everything, you know. And, And the buildings just overall got better. Like some of them. Like the old Maple Leaf Gardens and the Boston Garden and like the old MSG before they renovated it and all that. Like those were ancient buildings. So Heck, it wasn't a mess with you. Remember it, the arena? Yeah. So it was just outdated and well, they just, went, that's yeah, eh, the visiting team. We ain't worrying about it. Yeah. If you're going to sink in some money to it, are you going to do it to help your home team have, you know, hot water in their showers? Or are you going to make sure the video- visiting team gets hot water? Right. Probably. That's an easy choice, right? Yeah, Man, that probably speaks to how hockey as a, as a sport in the States is continue to come up as well. You know yeah. what I mean? These owners are making these big investments in these players and these teams. They want to make sure that they're good to go where or, you know wherever they are. Hey, the, the, Jamie, this is just kind of a big picture question and I think I know how you're going to answer it, but in in you know we're a couple weeks away from the playoffs. The team seems to be playing really well. How do you feel about this team overall as we get closer going into the playoffs? I feel great. I feel great about this team. Uh, you know, all year long we've been preaching to get that left-handed shot, top four defenseman. Nobody thought Nick Letty was the sexy choice. Nobody did. He I was. Remember. I mean, oh he was. Yeah, but he is. I like now. his beard yeah. though. No, but you're right, Jeff. Nice it is beer. impressive. I think we're going to tar- talking a different kind of sex. Oh, oh, that's all oh right. okay. Sorry. Oh, that's right. No, Hockey I podcast. That Hockey podcast. <laughs> uh, but I look at now. Everybody talked about Ben Sherratt. Ben Sherratt. I look at it now. I'm like. Probably was the wrong fit because you wouldn't get out of Ben Chirot what you're getting out of Nick Letty right now, which is so wild to think about that this was like option B or C or D on the list. But Army obviously knew what he was targeting and went after it because Nick Letty is that calming entity back on the blue line. He doesn't panic. He makes good plays. He hardly ever gets hemmed in his own zone. He skates well. He reminds me of a... um, Slightly lesser version of a Jay Bo Meester, which is what we need, wow, and what yeah. we've been talking about. You know, and a Jay Bo is an incredible player, all world. Like I'm just like, so I'm not going to make that comparison, but just their mannerisms, how he's very quiet, just like Jay Bo was. He's on the ice, you don't necessarily notice him, but then all of a sudden, there's nothing really that happens poorly in the defensive zone, and it's just 
all these little things. So to answer your first question fully is the addition of Nick Letty, uh, both goaltenders playing very well right now, uh, and the scoring that they're getting up front and the emergence of Robert Thomas pretty much. I mean, it has me it has me really excited about the postseason. You know, is go ahead. Right? No, go ahead. So go. I want to ask a, a quick question about Robert Thomas, and then we can go back to how great the Blues are. But it was a couple a couple Saturdays <laughs> ago, I think. Um, Thomas, I think, was the number one star of the game, and Panger had him over for the interview, and you could tell that the kid is totally uncomfortable being interviewed. And I think he even said during Panger, the interview, right? uh, I'm sorry, what? talking about Panger, right? <laughs> but I think Robert <laughs> really Thomas said, "Kids." So. <laughs> I think Robert Thomas even said, "I'm sorry, I, I suck at interviews." So when you are that guy. All right, and you are absolutely a future, you know, staple in the NHL for the Blues. Is that sort of thing something that you have to take upon yourself to get better at, or can you just be like, "That's just not my personality. I'm going to keep playing hockey, and however it comes out, it comes out." By and def- not that it's bad, because I love the kid, and I could give two craps less if he's good on the mic yeah. for a post gamer or not. But I just wonder in 2022, is that a skill that he really needs to have? Uh, by default, he'll get better. I mean, because just by having to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's just and like you guys, you guys in the old. radio business. Yeah. Reps, reps, reps. And, You're right. You know, and I just wait. Think, I'm supposed to be getting better. Well, Jeff, <laughs> just imagine where you started. Um, <laughs> Robert Thomas, I said this the other day: is he has gotten better at these things. Now, those in arena interviews are wonky because sometimes there's there's playback in your ear and you're it's and it's so loud. And, and, yeah, so. I've done that, been down there and doing the interview, and even I, who have had quite a few reps recently, it's a little difficult. Um, so I'm going to give him a little bit of uh, forgiveness on that. But overall, when he's up at the podium and doing things, like he is the face now. Like, you got Ryan O'Reilly, clearly he's the face of the franchise, Vladimir Tarasenko, but Robert Thomas is like right there now to where uh, it's funny. He, he's counted upon in a big way on the ice, but his leadership off the ice, like you can see him starting to go down that trail of future captain, future leader of this franchise. And it's pretty cool. I'll tell you one of the pretty cool things to do when he's on the ice and when he has the puck, I watch everybody else. Because I try to imagine where he's going to pass the puck. I look to see where Buchnevich is going or where Tarasenko is going. And then I look at Robert Thomas go, he's going to get him that puck somehow, some way. It's fascinating to watch the other players get into space or do whatever as soon as he touches the puck. And also, fantastic. And also, too, man, he makes some passes where I'll go, oh, you shouldn't do – Oh, oh it got, it got <laughs> through. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry, oh, Mr. Thomas. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to sit wait. over here and shut up. Stop right there, okay? Because last year he attempted those passes and it didn't work. And everybody was all over him. In the offseason, people were like, well, maybe we should trade Robert Thomas. You know, he just gives the puck away. Everything's too fancy. He learned. How do you learn without trying in anything in life, right? Like Reps. they talk about getting on a bike. Well, the first time you get on the bike, unless something special, it usually didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to go. I ran into a big group of trash cans. There you go. So yeah. perfect example. So, tell me the whole story, Donnie. <laughs> perfect example. Our guy, Donnie. Okay. Uh, so the young guy who coming into the league, his responsibility increased from his first year. He's trying to get to the game that he knows he has. But those other guys are really good hockey players, too. It didn't work out. Now, this year, it's another year of experience under his belt. He knows now if I put that soft backhand too far to the left, that's getting knocked down. Or if I drop past it here, that guy's going to read that play. So his brain has adjusted 
to what the defending teams have been doing, and that's why you're getting this version of Robert Thomas. Now, to where your point, Jeff, you're watching everybody else on the edge trying to figure out where is he going to go next, like a little game. Like yeah, you yeah. pause the game be like, press A for <laughs> right. Tarasenko. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, press yeah. B yeah. for Buchnevich. Press C for none of the above. <laughs> t- Choose your own adventure. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, one of the things that is fascinating to me is it's especially in hockey i think it's it's the it's the most um uh, g- glaring is that there's a face off at center ice let's say and there's 5 seconds left and the team that's down by one is strategizing and looking at the clock and doing the you know the <laughs> like you, 5 seconds there's no way you're going to be able to do this but this is why they go until the buzzer the Tarasenko thing four and a half seconds left or whatever and i'm like dude what are we doing and he throws it at the net next thing there's a goal this is why these guys made it to the NHL cuz i'm sitting there going do you want have any time <laughs> right and then all of a sudden there's a beautiful goal that was incredible can we just isolate the backhand for oh, a second unbelievable <sighs> because To backhand one from the blue line with that much force behind it, like that caught me more off guard than the goal. Yeah. Because usually you're in that spot. It's a panic situation. You hear your teammates. Everybody's yelling, shoot, shoot, shoot. Get it on net. And Vladdy gets it and fires it with some oomph to it. And then Robert Thomas, who's just kind of driving by the front of the net, just gives the old bing. Oh, we'll take that goal. The whole sequence was pretty fun to watch. So I want to, I've been meaning to ask this the last couple of weeks, um, but it, it, it has escaped me. We, you know, we hear a lot about the personality of Ryan O'Reilly, and we're talking a little bit about Robert Thomas, and we know Vladimir Tarasenko, and we know a lot about some of the stars on this team. But I have become, over the course of this year, just an absolute Braden Shin, just freak. I love this guy. I love how he plays. I love every minute he's on the ice. He's trying to make a difference. But one of the things I don't know, man, is like, I don't know the dude's like sort of personality. You said he fits in the room incredibly well. Obviously, he does. He's one of their pillars. But can you just kind of talk about him as a dude? I enjoyed last week. He got into a little playful banter with Jim Thomas. From well, the, I don't know uh, how playful that was. Oh, really? really? <laughs> oh, wow, really? Yeah. Well, it ended up he played it off as right. playful. But still a little bit perturbed that, you know, Jim Thomas alluded to, the to him being that, slow, that he's not a great skater. It's like, really? Like, but the way that he played that with Thomas uh-huh. was incredibly, I mean, it made me like him even more. No. And then did you see the follow up the next game? Yes. He said he was suspended, for, suspended a game. for a game. <laughs> and then Jim Thomas tried to t- ask him. He goes, no, one game. Right. Jim Thomas was like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> Honestly, is there a situation where you wouldn't put Chen on the ice, though? No, no, no. He's your guy. He's your look. He's your black and blue blues player. That's the way I the best way I can put it. He's a throwback as far as the way he carries himself, uh, you know, in the locker room, off the ice. He's a throwback when it comes to playing that rough and tumble style of hockey. I, I love Braden Shen. He's one of my favorite hockey players in the world. And it's because of the way he plays. It's because of the effort that he gives. And it's because he played through five broken ribs. And never complained about it. And everybody was dogging on him. Oh, Shen's lost it. Oh, he didn't say a word. Then he gets healthy, comes back, and he's been one of the most active point getters for the entire NHL. Yet here he is, you know, he came back after five broken ribs. Unreal. Yeah. Now now for the silly question. Um, I love watching Tarasenko and Buchnevich interact on the ice in between whistles. Or, you know, that sort of thing. When they get back to the bench after a good shift or a goal or something like that, you can tell that they're friendly. Mm-hmm. Silly question, would this help him want to stay here? Um, so one friendship probably doesn't, uh, but the overall feel could. You know, he's got Barbie. Um, he's got Booch. He's got Torpchenko. 
you know, they got a good little Russian crew here. The biggest thing is Vladdy looks like he's having fun. Yeah. And so if that's a um, a product of the teammates that he has, some countrymen that are with him, the success of the team, the success of him individually, maybe a combination of all of it, to be honest, I don't think Vladdy's going anywhere. I don't. I don't think that Doug Armstrong will trade him. Uh, I think I could actually see these two sides talking in the offseason about an extension. Uh, you know, To what degree? I don't know. Maybe Doug Armstrong says we'll give you a two-year extension because it's still kind of tiptoeing through the tulips here with this relationship. Vladdy might say, no, I want five or, or higher, and so that's a non-starting point. Then it could implode. There's no doubt. But I think Vladdy has made it clear recently that you know, that trade request is off the table. He's a St. Louis Blue. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna bleed blue until the day he's not right. here in this city. And I don't know. I could, for some strange, I could see him staying here now. Wow. So uh, one of the conversations that we have had as the season has gone on is about the unbelievable progression of Ivan Barbashev. Mm. Like just when you think dude can't do anymore, he goes ahead and does more. And at one point this year, and this was a while ago. You know, you were kind of alluding, Jamie, to the fact that maybe with Barbashev, he might be a sell-high candidate, uh, you know, because maybe he's not going to be able to replicate this again. As the season has gone on, do you, has your opinion maybe changed a little bit on Barbashev, um, or is this kind of maybe, is this the peak of what we're getting from this cat, or is there still room for growth here? Oh, I think this is probably the peak. Okay. I do. Doesn't mean he can't play at this level every year, or for the next five, six, seven years. I think he's a 20-goal scorer. Do I think he's a 25 to 30 goal scorer? I think that's a stretch. Mm-hmm. I know he has 24 this year, but that's why they call it a career year. Right. And I believe we'd have to go back and check the tapes. But I believe I said that when Oscar Sundquist was still a St. Louis Blue. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It would have been so pre-trade deadline for pre-trade sure. Pre-trade deadline, um, that would have made sense. Now without Oscar Sundquist, you can't trade Barbie. I mean, you can. If the Calgary Flames said, here's Matthew Kachuk, all we want is Ivan Barbashev. <laughs> yeah, like, that's right. a no-brainer, I, I loved right? you, man. I really like, did. So I don't want to be like, oh, you can't trade him. And somebody right now is like spitting out their coffee going, you sure can. <laughs> no, I mean, you're not going to just get rid of him. You're not going to uh, want to just call somebody and say, oh, we don't want Barbashev. Because he fills so many spots in your roster. He can score goals, kill penalties, power play, and physical. Look at the physicality he brought against the Bruins. I think he had yeah. seven hits in that game. All over the place. All over the place. So, yeah, no, I, I, he's off the board now unless somebody really wants to overpay for Ivan Barbashev or he's the piece of the puzzle that gives you an incredible return, such as a Kachuk, Kachuk or something along those lines. Are, are these high scores that we are seeing in games lately, I mean, we've been seeing them a, a while, but is this what the NHL wants? More 6-4 games, not 3-2 games? Oh, of course. So this is kind Who of... the heck, like, apart from a hockey enthusiast, and even that, how many 2-1 to one games do you really like? It depends. But, but, but really, though, how many do you like? Because even, you can get the same feeling, the same rush from a 6-5 game. I guess you're right, yeah. Because a one-goal game is a one-goal game. But... See, eh, I don't know about that, though, because if it's a 6-5 game, then we're going to be complaining about the defense a whole lot more than we were if it was a 2-1 game. But will you be celebrating Robert Thomas with three points that night? Yeah, don't, yeah, don't push down on the defense, <laughs> celebrate the offense, I, I guess. guess. Right. Why yeah. do you want to continuously push people down, Donnie? I don't know. Mr. Man. Negative over there. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Neg- where, is, uh, where are we at on Torpchenko? I, it's, it's odd that I actually missed the guy. Yeah. I, I sure do, though. Yeah, He's got I a do. nagging little injury that they haven't really disclosed. I don't really have any inside information on that. 
Uh, he was on the road trip when I was there. He has been skating. So I would imagine you would see him probably, well, maybe tonight, maybe, the, but definitely on the weekend. The back to backs, you're going to see Bozak and Torpchenko for sure. Heck, you might even see Bozak tonight in San Jose. Oh, wow. Because he was, to my knowledge, he was supposed to play one of the games on the weekend. Didn't get that, so I would imagine that he's probably ready now. Unless he had a little setback, who knows? Right. So, so then that means theoretically, not not keyboard and wood, uh, that we are healthy going into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, once the once those two guys would be back, yeah, you'd be theoretically healthy on Boy, paper. Timing of this is absolutely fantastic, right? And again, I'll go back to the Boston loss. I'm okay with that. Let's reset and start another streak. You know, we 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 see often they still got a point. Yeah, you're right, but. Yeah. My the relevance behind it is not. I'm not just being a smartass, right? Because sometimes I do that to you, Jeff. Never noticed. Never noticed either. Uh-uh. Um, <laughs> but that's 13 straight games to the point. That ties a franchise record. So tonight, if they get one point or more in San Jose, that's 14 games in a row collecting points. That's pretty incredible. Yeah. Gosh, is. dang it. Man, I'm trying to like keep myself like my feet on the ground. Because Donnie, don't just let it go. Keep man. reaching for the stars. Just let it go. Just let it. Out. Yeah. You enjoy know, it, man. Okay. So here's a go thing. with it. You don't often see the team with the most points in the league end up in the in the finals. Doesn't seem to happen all that often. It's, yes, correct. Do you see a Florida or a Colorado with an early demise this year because both teams seem to be goddamn juggernauts? Whew. Yeah, I think Florida's less of an opportunity to lose just because I think they're built pretty solid from the goaltenders. Like Bobrovsky's had himself a year yeah. in Florida. The D are good. Aaron Eckblad will be back for playoffs. Imagine that. Oh, He'll be back and healthy, ready to go for playoffs. Oh, as soon as weird. the salary cap disappears. Wow. So weird. Interesting. But nonetheless, they've got a really solid team top to bottom. The Avalanche do as well. But the Avalanche are going to have to play probably a Nashville Predators team. A Predators team is physical, man. Mm-hmm. They have some big boys. They lead the NHL in fights. I know there's no fighting in playoffs. There but, will be in that series. But like, so. <laughs> I guarantee it. First they round, lead, yeah. the lead, lead the league in majors by a ton, yeah. right? Yeah. And so they're going to be they're going to drag that game into the alley. Is what they're going to try and do. And even if they don't beat the Avalanche, they beat them up. They beat them up. Yeah. Then whoever's in line next, which would probably be the Blues. Uh, if they can stay healthy and beat the Wild, now you're getting a team that maybe is missing a player or two or three or four that are banged up. And the goaltender, who knows, right? Like, it winning a Stanley Cup is certainly, it's skill, it's a great team, but there's luck involved too. And if you're unlucky with injuries, you're screwed. It's just the way it is. I mean, nothing you can do about it. I got to tell you this, and, and we'll go back to me being negative all the time. Sure. I hate H-A-T-E. Capital freaking letters. Okay. The Nashville Predators, their fans, Whoa. and whoever that wackadoo is that's in the booth, that is the PA announcer guy, I freaking hate it all. I want to go to, if I ever go to a game there, I will be head to toe in blues everything, and I will be running my mouth from the freaking time I get to that venue to the time I freaking leave. I just hate them. I think I hate them more than the Hawks. Why? I think I hate them more than anybody. Is it the Smashville thing? It's the Smashville yeah, thing. It's the fact. It's the fact they've got banners, and they've never won 
anything. Like, I just don't understand. I, I just, it drives me crazy. And then I'm watching the game, and every time that a penalty goes against go the Predators, or a Cardinal, or I'm sorry, a Blues player isn't penalized, then the whole place, boo, boo, boo. you idiots don't even know what you're watching. This is not a Tim McGraw concert, you flipping losers. Like, just get out of here. God, I hate him. I hate him, and I hate that stupid jersey. Remember the whiteout from a million years ago? Oh, come on. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Okay, so next year, Jeff, (laughs) road trip. Road trip. Last Minute Blues Podcast coming to you from Bridgestone Arena. You guys don't want to do that, man. Because (laughs) Jamie, it's Jeff, and the late Donnie Van Because I will be with you two, so that means that I will have meant that I have have had a couple before we even get to the arena, Uh and I'm a big mouth sober. But boy, oh boy, you get a couple in me, and bloop, I don't think it's probably a good idea. I think, see, I think it's great content. I want to see it. I want to see it. We're bringing a film crew with us. All right. Well, uh, boys, that said, I think we're we're probably pretty pretty good with yeah. everything uh, going. I think so. Blues in San Jose tonight. And uh, as always, we really thank you very much for listening to the Last Minute Blues podcast. It is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Share us with your hockey-loving friends. And as always, let's go Blues! The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go! This holiday... With the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.